0: It's time for the North Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. Welcome in another edition of the North Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. Talking shop in districts one and two, week in, week out. Brandon Bainey joined by our North Idaho expert, Ryan Skaggs. What's up, Skaggs?
1: That's a coffee kind of day. I tell you what. I feel like I need to turn on some grunge
0: music. <laughs> It's been, uh, so, so we both live in, in, uh, the Coeur area. Um, it's been pretty gray for like the last two and a half days. Just not dude. It, it poured yesterday, man. It, it, it was raining hard here. It was pouring this morning,
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, but yeah, no, I went to go grab the garbage cans yesterday and got soaked just walking outside for about oh, 30 seconds. <laughs>
0: <laughs> My garbage days on Thursday. So I'm. Fingers crossed that it dries out by then. I don't want to have hopefully, to
1: go. Yeah, it should be drying out. Hopefully, for this the games on Friday. So that's the hope, at least.
0: Definitely, just, and I've, and and of course, you and I both work from home, so we don't have to leave the house if we don't want to. So right, yeah, yes. just make more coffee. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, make more coffee for sure. Um, okay, so. It's always great when you start a podcast talking about the weather. I've always said that. That's really thrilling um, content. I've
1: talked about grunge music. I mean, (laughs) go through. You go through my library right now if you wanted to.
0: Coffee and grunge music. There's our podcast title. Yeah. Um, fitting, okay.
1: Portland uh, having to play in Seattle last week. So,
0: <laughs> yes, uh, and we will get to all of the great football matchups that are coming up this weekend um, because there we'll we'll finally start figuring out some some stuff in the hierarchy. But oh, yeah. before we get to that, volleyball action has been heating up as well. Uh, Post falls, lane city lakeland uh even down to the two a's and one a's really good stuff going on
1: yeah i mean last night you had post falls beat lewiston in in straight sets post falls goes to 20 and 3 overall uh they're undefeated in league play um they're gonna play the linda sheridan this weekend in spokane a huge tournament likely crash course that you're gonna see them play probably two of the top five teams in the state of washington um, so a huge test for the Trojans to see how it shakes up there. If they're able to get like a top four finish there, I mean, that's going to bode very well in the reflection at the state volleyball level. I mean, we still have to go through districts and they still have to go through Lake City and Coeur d'Alene too. But um, looking at just what Post Falls has been able to do so far on the court, man, they're they're uh, they're if they're not a dark horse favorite, they're a definite favorite for that five a title. They're they're right in the mix for sure.
0: Yes. And when you look at the, the max preps rankings, I've already started to do that <laughs> across the various sports post falls checks in at number three, uh, in five, a only behind Eagle and Madison. Now quarter is sitting there at seven and I I'll have to double check and clarify, but the IHSAA held their board meeting yesterday, uh, for September and they did approve using district tournament results, in the max preps rankings that are used to seed teams at state. Now, I don't know if that's going to be starting with volleyball and soccer, or if they're going to wait until next year, I need clarification on that. But yeah. if they, if they are keeping those district tournament results, post falls, maybe could vault up by playing quarter lane so many times in mm-hmm. districts, right. Or yeah. vice versa.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if, if Lake city continues a, a, a trend upward too. Um, you know, it's certainly going to boost rankings. I mean, and you look at Lakeland, I mean, having to play Lakeland, a 4 team that's been playing really well lately as well, that's certainly going to help rankings also. So um, it makes things interesting. If they're able to include district tournament play, um, definitely a huge lift I look at for, you know, post-falls and quarter both if, if, you know, you get some some shocking results from the district tournament.
0: Definitely. Um, and so we'll keep an eye on that. Um, and then let's talk about, uh, at the two A level, Ryan Kellogg has been just kind of rolling along all yeah. season long, but big battle with St. Mary's, uh, this weekend, you know, Lumberjack-
1: after, yeah, the Lumberjacks show up kind of after, you know, I would say, you know, the, the, the events that have taken place in St. Mary's over the last week, you know, a bit of a spirited effort from the lumberjacks and, um getting a big win over Kellogg, uh, three sets, three sets to one. Um, that's a huge win for the Lumberjacks. They're handing the the Tigers their first loss, or sorry, the Wildcats their first loss. Um, so you know, looking at that, you know, bodes well towards district tournament play again. I mean, it's gonna help with seeding and who gets to play Orfino or Grangeville and in that first round, and um certainly makes and, and Priest River for that matter, too. But um it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting. I think how, how things shake out in that conference. I mean, you could see that realistically as the league championship match, possibly, or the district championship match uh, between those two programs. But St. Mary's definitely on the upswing in, in two A volleyball.
0: Yeah, um, it's really interesting to see uh, how that is all transpired. They played earlier this year and Kellogg won by a three to one margin, and so yeah. now. A- Get reversed. Um, they basically split. Uh, and so I don't know how they determine the number one seed there, but either way, both teams are going to be fighting hard. And I still think, I don't know. I kind of like Orofino as a sneaky dark horse team. If they could get just get hot, you know, they're five and four, uh, they're one and three in the league. They've kind of taken their lumps against Kellogg and St. Mary's already, but I don't know. Well, I'm still keeping an eye on the maniacs there as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, it could certainly make things interesting. And I think anything goes once you hit district play, as we've seen the last few years, that pretty much every classification don't count anybody out that last weekend. So that's
0: right. <laughs> uh, at, at the one AD one level, Ryan, we've been talking a lot about Troy this year and for, you know, rightly so uh, they are kind of the premier power in one AD one volleyball favorites to win state again this year. We talked about a couple of weeks ago, Jolie Eklund, I think it was Uh Had twenty five serves. She she served the entire. She went twenty five and zero basically on serves against Lapway. Yeah, which is just insane. Um, But also over in District One, we've quietly had a good race this year between Genesis Prep and Wallace. And Wallace, by knocking off Jet G Prep again uh, earlier this week, uh, clinched the regular season title at three and zero in league. Wallace is 9 and 0 on the season. They haven't lost anybody yeah. yet.
1: You know, Genesis Prep is at 11 and 4. I mean, that's a, they're they're having a solid season too. Um, you know, and, and Wallace was able to get the decider there and win three sets to two last night. So, um a, a big win for the Miners there and um, you know, getting that league championship certainly helps with the seeding and the favorable seeding come district time and once again when we look at it, it's going to come down to that last weekend and um You know, I think both these teams are are worthy, but man, you talk about Wallace and what they've been able to do this year, quietly just being, you know, the steady uh, stalwart up north in District 1. They've been been dominant, and, uh, you know, I know they're hoping to see that continue and maybe turn into some hardware come the state tournament.
0: Yeah, so Wallace sweeps the season series with G prep. Uh, and again, this district gets a full bid to state, not like yeah. <laughs> uh, two years ago, where the champion, have to play number four from district two, yeah yeah which stunk for sure um <laughs> yeah so congrats to wallace there in volleyball uh let's go to the soccer pitch quickly i did notice you know we've been talking about saint mary's a lot here over the past couple of days on the prep cast i did see they finally got to play on their new on-campus soccer complex yeah. you know they they had played in the old city park there which is right kind of right on the main drag there in saint mary's for so long uh but now they've got their own on-campus facility. It uh, took a lot of behind-the-scenes work to, to get the funding and then also get it ready to play. Um, and it was cool. Uh, on Saturday, they boys and girls got to play their first matches there.
1: Yeah, that's a a sweet facility. And I know that it took a lot of effort. And, you know, the Potlatch Delta Corporation was huge and and pivotal in acquiring that property and being able to turn that into an awesome facility for not just soccer, but also baseball and softball, too. So they're able to have everything right there on campus, which is awesome. And um, being able to have a facility like that, you know, two way ranks is going to be certainly pretty great for for that school and for that community
0: definitely um in terms of soccer uh district brackets will be coming out soon uh i gotta figure out what how they're doing things in the intermountain league because quarter charter in particular has had a couple of matches get wiped out due to rain earlier this year i don't know if they're making those up how are they counting that in the standings i need some clarification there with with quarter charter specifically only because uh, their girls and boys teams are near the top of the standings, and that could yeah. have an impact on on how things go. Bonner's very He's listening hit us up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Spe- specifically Coeur d'Alene Charter had matches against Priest River and St. Mary's get wiped out so yeah you know it's probably two wins for them but you, you never know in soccer so you can't you can't just assume that either so i i don't know i gotta i gotta try and figure it out. it's on my list of 10 million things to do and <laughs> so <laughs> we'll we'll see if i get clarification there or not um i wanted to talk cross country real quick ryan uh the cordelaine boys went over to missoula uh last saturday for the big mountain west invitational this is one of the biggest meets it is the biggest meet of the year in montana um one of the biggest in kind of our area this tri-state area um but quarter boys go over and win the team championship way to go vikings
1: yeah super impressive effort from them and um you know i mean just looking at you know, courses and everything like that and running at elevation and everything too, you know, it's it's certainly helpful and, and bodes well for the postseason success. But I know that, you know, the distance runners in this area have kind of sleepily been under the radar a little bit and kind of criminally so. I mean, we talk a lot of distance running, I believe, in, in girls track especially with what Post Falls has been able to do the last four or five years. But uh, this Coeur lane team is quietly putting something together that's really special. So it'll be interesting to see how things – go through at the at the state level this year with um the, the cross country meet this fall.
0: Yeah and Coeur d'Alene, uh they they won pretty convincingly 45 points. Next closest was the Bozeman Hawks at 75. So that's a 30 point margin yeah. in cross country, which is a blowout in cross country terms. Uh Jacob King takes third overall for the Vikings, 15 minutes, 40.96 seconds. And then Max uh Servi Skinner took uh, fourth so they went back to back there uh, cool. for the Vikings so way to go uh Coeur boys the Coeur girls were over there competing as well uh they took sixth in the competition the top team actually uh from Idaho was Preston Preston took fourth and so I, that gives you an idea of what this competition is because if you look at on the girls side Preston went up and competed soda springs went up and competed and those are two teams that are expecting to win their respective state championships this year at 4a girls and 2a girls and so if they're traveling all the way to missoula for this competition um you know it's high quality caliber opponents so that makes coeur d'alene's performance even more impressive i think yeah
1: no absolutely so it's better than running on you know xyz golf course locally <laughs> <So>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes and, the, and this was held at the university of montana golf course um well it's where they had
1: big sky if i'm not mistaken i think it was three years ago they had the big sky meet there so it's a it's a college collegiate course
0: Yes. And uh, it used to be, I don't know if it still is, but one of the cheapest places in town that you can get a round of golf in. So I've got a special spot as as, a, as somebody who doesn't have a ton of scratch. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate with U of M golf course <laughs> for sure. Um, okay. So that's cross country golf is heating up as well. We talked about mm-hmm. Molly Sidley last week. She won another invite over the weekend um sandpoint hosted their invite earlier this week and and now we're into districts i mean the, it is going to be like this weekend early next week and then and then we're at state it's yeah and
1: 5a state i believe is being held in lewiston this year so um if i'm not mistaken so and, and i think they're hosting also the, the district tournament too so um you know the playing golf in lewiston in october you're going to get some decent conditions let's put it though I think they made the smart choice moving the tournament to uh to Lewiston this fall that they're indeed uh holding suit but yeah it's uh it's going to be interesting as things go down the stretch and I know that the Bengals are really high on their chances of at least getting a state medalist or a podium finish so um and then certainly the Coeur boys I look at them on on that side um looking for a competitive finish as well
0: yeah, state uh, is up north this year. Ryan, five A as you mentioned is in Lewiston at the Country Club. There, four A is at the University of Idaho Golf Club,
1: which they've redone Alaska. a few holes. So that's actually not a bad choice. They've they've added some, thrown some money at that course a little bit. It's not quite what it used to be. Um, like you said, the cheapest place in town to to get around a golf. I remember <laughs> my days on the Palouse. It was that was where you go because you didn't want to throw seventy five dollars on a cheap day going to a Palouse ridge which is a great course mind you but yeah the university of idaho is better than it used to be that's for sure
0: yes um the inland empire meet, uh the district tournament for 5a is tomorrow we're recording this wednesday the 28th or wednesday the 27th thursday the 28th at the uh at at lewiston country club you're right so they're mm-hmm. gonna go play there for uh that, that'll give them a huge leg up right Whether walking, walking the north course altogether
1: yeah yeah I think anybody in the North that's going to qualify for state, that's going to be a huge benefit to be able to play that course the week before state. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see where they place the the holes and, and the whole placement. certainly going to come into play on some of the holes there because they do have a few tricky holes, but um, a few long, long, you know, par fives too. So, I mean, that, that course is pretty fun. I mean, I, but I've, we've seen some criminally low scores there in the past. Um, so I wouldn't, wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, the medal is shooting, you know, five, six under.
0: Yeah. And, uh, for a, uh, district tournament is tomorrow as well, the 28th and they're doing the same thing. I'm going to the U of I golf club in Moscow. And I, I think that's just a no brainer, right? Yeah. Tobacco
1: that's a course. smart decision.
0: <laughs> <laughs> for sure. So we'll, we'll have district golf updates for you next week here on the prep cast, but, uh, let's, let's get into, let's get into the football here. Cause this oh is, um, we are, we, we have arrived. We are finally, you know, some conferences have already had conference play, right? But uh, we are really into the first big chunk of, okay, we're going to start to figure out where everybody stands in this in this hierarchy. I think we have to start in the White Pine League at the 181 level because Logos and Potlatch have been on this collision course all year. They both come in undefeated. This game is Friday night in Potlatch. Only one team will emerge unscathed in the winner of that game. Will be in the driver's seat for the regular season White Pine League title.
1: Yeah. And I mean, you look at that. I mean, there's two huge games in the White Pine League this weekend. Yes. And, uh, you know, but that one obviously is the marquee matchup. You kind of com- equate this to like, you know, week five of. SEC play where you start seeing like the the Titans start colliding where you get like a LSU Georgia the same weekend or sorry LSU and Alabama playing like you know and you get like Georgia playing Tennessee the same weekend like th- these are just some like huge juggernaut matchups and this this Logos potlatch game is going to be uh, super interesting and Logos we've seen them offensively just absolutely short out the scoreboard um, you know defensively they've been just as good if not better. Um, so playing a really tough, scrappy potlatch team, I I mean, potlatch is going to have to realistically hold Logos under 40 points. I think if they're going to expect to have a chance in this one, um, because I don't know if potlatch's offense is going to be able to match pace with what Logos can do. Um, and defensively, I think Logos is going to get you there at least on, on what they merit wise are able to do defensively enforcing turnovers.
0: Now, I, in every Potlatch game this year, they have had uh, multiple takeaways and usually a defensive touchdown or two mixed in there. Yeah. So I'm wondering if their their penchant for getting the ball will help them offset some of that. But the Potlatch offense is nothing to sneeze at either. They're, you know, we no. talk a lot about Jack Driscoll, right, for, for Logos. There's another Jack who's kind of quietly going about his business, Jack Clark, for, yeah. for Potlatch. And he's kind of the trigger man for that offense. And with the Marshall brothers and – some of the great linemen they've got up front. Uh, I think this is going to be a really fun game. It's going to be a shootout. I think <laughs> now watch, watch it be like 12, six or something. I look been... at,
1: <laughs> yeah, I look at this game and realistically, these are both teams that win the first weekend, the state playoffs. I realistically yeah. look at both of these teams as a team that, that can get a first weekend win. Um, I just look at that logos offense that you have a hit, you know, there, uh, if it's a sloppy field, it's going to play towards the logger's hand a little bit and trying to slow things down. um, but, I mean, Logos' defense, like we talked about with forcing turnovers, they're going to keep them in the game. Even if their offense is stalling out, they're going to stay in the game just because of the way their defense plays. So it'll be it's going to be a crazy interesting affair, Potlatch, if they run the ball effectively and play defense with their offense, um, limiting the possessions of Logos, I, it, and you, you know, get a takeaway or two, that's like your recipe for success for the loggers in this one.
0: Yeah, and, and so if Logos wins this game, um, they, are, they are in a really good spot with only two remaining games. Um, mm-hmm. And then they, they have to play Prairie still, Logos does. So, you know, nothing's guaranteed. But you look at Potlatch, and if they win, Okay, they've already beaten Prairie, but they've got to play Cameo still. And so, yeah.
1: could
0: could we have this where Potlatch beats Logos, and then Cameo beats Potlatch, and then we got this crazy three way tie at the top? That would be. I don't want to think about that. I like Cameo's
1: got to get through Prairie this weekend, though. Yes, so. and that and that and that was going
0: to be my next pivot point here. Is you've got uh, the top two teams in the standings uh, competing, but you've also got third and fourth competing mm-hmm. this week in Prairie and Cameo, and in the, the winner of this game significantly gets a leg up here, Ryan, because here's what happened last year. Uh, Last year for the 1A D1 postseason, there were two automatic bids from the White Pine League. Kamii and Clearwater Valley got those. And then statewide, there was basically six at-large bids that were awarded to the rest of the field. Yeah. And the White Pine only got one of those, and that was Lapway. Mm -hmm. Um, And we are looking at a similar... Maybe the White Pine gets four teams in this year, but I think at least three. And so, Prairie Cami, the loser of this game, might have to sweat it out a little bit in terms of do they get into the playoffs, which is crazy to think about.
1: If if Cami beats Prairie and Logos beats Potlatch, I think that the White Pine gets three. If Prairie beats Cami and Cami is able to sneak one out against say Potlatch the following couple weeks, like. I think the white pine could get four. I mean, realistically look at that, that it's going to take, I think, a little bit of a weird mix up in order to get four teams out of the conference, just based on the rankings and the remaining schedule that's there. Um, but realistically it's not out of the question for four teams to come out of this conference. I I think that that's realistically very possible. Um, you know, I think Kamei is going to get a little bit of credit in the rankings because of playing in the state championship game last year with returning, some, you know, many key players from that team. Um, Yeah, it it, it that game, that Prairie Kamei game, I think could be the best game of the weekend. I mean, realistically, you look at what both teams are bringing to the table. That's like your black and blue game that's going to, you know, if they're playing a little bit of mud out down there in Kamei, that's going to get real interesting real fast in that game.
0: Yes. And I misspoke. Um, This year, uh, the White Pine gets three auto bids, which is a bit which is comforting. Right. Yeah. But at the same time, there's only three at large bids available. And when you start looking at, okay, who's going to take those at large bids, whoever finishes second between Butte County and Grace book it because that league only gets one bid so if
1: kendrick blows the doors off of butte county this weekend too i think there's some outside implications on that one that i know that it's a cross you know classification game but you don't want to let a team beat you twice necessarily you look at the remaining schedule for butte county you know there's not an easy road for them and i know that you're going to talk about that probably in the eight-man prep cast but um (laughs) you know i don't want to be too big of a prognosticator but there's some some like outside implications with that kendrick game for the 1a d1 picture just based on what they're able to do to butte county if they're able to blow the doors off of them
0: yeah um so so one of those bids is going to butte county or grace so now you're talking about you're fighting for basically two yeah at large spots and you you, you look up north
1: i mean realistically between lakeside and then you have Sorry, that's one eighty two. So they might yeah. forget that. But but but, but they're they're gonna be com- they're <laughs> gonna be
0: competing against District Four, which has Oakley yeah. and Murtaugh and Valley and um I don't know. It's it win win.
1: <laughs> yeah. Something. No, that's really I mean, realistically it comes down to it. And you look at the favorable schedules of what's left. I mean, yeah. Um, you know, Logos has some tougher games, I think, remaining with between potlatch and prairie still, but um, you know, Potlatch, look at the remaining schedule, and I believe that they've still got, what, Kamii and Logos looming. Um, you know, and then you look at Cami with what they've got. I mean, it's like, yeah, there's no easy weeks now in the last, like, three weeks of the season in the White Pine League. You know, somebody's going to have to – There's everybody's going to have to play two really difficult games. So, yeah. you know, there's not a lot of room to, to mix up. You don't want to go over in your last three weeks. Like, you're out. Sorry, see you later.
0: That's right. Uh okay, 1A D2. Um, Kendrick is playing Butte County. This is a Friday game at I think 3 30. They keep changing the kickoff time. So it may, it may have changed by the time you're listening to this. So uh <laughs> check Idahosports.com for the most uh, up-to-date info. Um, but it's another neutral site game. Kendrick is meeting Butte County. They're playing at Middleton High School. We will have the broadcast on Idahosports.com Friday afternoon. So oh, you get a
1: little double dip, some double headers here on Idahosports.com.
0: Yes, that's a great way to start off your Friday before you watch whatever else is going on. Um, So that'll be a lot of fun for sure. Uh, 182, speaking of, Lewis County really opened some eyes. Shutting out Lakeside last week, 48 to nothing. I was very surprised by that. Um, Gage Crow. Returned the opening kickoff for a touchdown and then scored six rushing touchdowns. He scored all seven TDs for the Eagles.
1: Have yourself a week, young man. (laughs) No, and then, you know, they've got a game with with Tri Valley this weekend. So um, if you look at them and what they're able to do and get some wins coming down the stretch, they could look at realistically making the claim for that number two um, out of District 2 as well. So Lewis County could find their way back into the playoffs again.
0: Yeah. So uh, basically, Kendrick you know, lock it up. And then there's a second auto bid to the playoffs and it's going to come down to, uh, I believe Lewis County and Deary. They play on Friday, the 13th, (laughs) Friday, the 13th (laughs) of October, um, in Highland or in, in Craigmont. Um, so, uh, that to me will determine the second bid to the postseason from district two, from district one um it's just about decided skags because clark fork just lost to mullen last week 20 to 12 clark fork the way they run their offense this year is they run the clock down to like one on every play and they know that hey we have some high octane teams in our conference we need to be perfect on offense and and limit possessions and it almost worked against mullen st regis they had the ball they were driving late they were uh actually leading or 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 down two or whatever happened. They they were in control to win the game. They fumbled inside the 20-yard line. Mullen St. Regis gets it back. They go downfield and score the game winning touchdown with about a minute and change remaining. And so they lose 20 to 12 real heartbreaker. But Clark Fork has now lost to Mullen St. Regis twice this year. Um they've already lost to Lakeside in a game we did on Idahosports.com. So uh Unless Clark Fork can beat Lakeside in the rematch, which comes in the regular season finale, October twentieth, in Clark Fork to try and force a tie with Lakeside for that second spot. And, and Lakeside still plays Mullen St. Regis twice, right? You know, so there's some this weekend, yeah. Yes. But um unless Clark Fork really starts banking some wins, um, they are they're they're in trouble. And it's they're looking like Lakes it's looking like Lakeside and Mullen St. Regis will get those two spots.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a telling game. I mean, they're playing at Lakeside on the turf. Um, you know, that's going to be a good game. I mean, Mullen coming down and making the trip down I-90 and um, yeah, it'll be, uh, I see a good game. I hope, you know, Lakeside shows up offensively. They did like, they didn't last week. I mean, that was just, you know, to get blanked like that um, after winning such a, a good game against Clark Fork the prior week. Um, yeah. It's going to be really interesting to see how things shake out between Mullen and Lakeside this week. And, um, you know, obviously we still got some some 3A, 4A, and 5A games to talk about, but uh with the small school football, there is a ton of implications going on this weekend.
0: As I am broadcasting, Ryan, there is a spider coming down from my ceiling. It is right, <laughs> it, is right it is right in front of me on its <laughs> spider web. It's dangling. So do you let hate spiders? See? I they don't bother me, but let me Just kill it. Oh yeah, let me see. I gotta I don't have any. Tissues here or anything? I gotta grab a piece of paper. Use some show notes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh no!
1: Now you won't see him again. <laughs>
0: okay, I got him. This I, this happened to me yesterday too, as I was working, and that one did get away. Maybe it's the same one. Oh. Anyways, <laughs> hey, never a dull moment on the North Idaho press. You
1: down. like sat back and I thought your computer monitor froze again or something like that, and then you're like.
0: No, it was like it was going to crawl on the mic I think. It was coming down oh, and yeah, anyways. Uh one last note about Clark Fork. Like I'm I'm like not happy if I'm them because uh Kootenai has canceled their season uh due to low numbers, which sucks unfortunately. Yeah. Um but because Kootenai was on everybody's schedule this year, they loaded up and and did the double you know, round Robin conference thing again. And the way the schedule shook out, Clark Fork had to play Mullen St. Regis in the season opener and play him a second time in September still. Well, they're supposed to play Kootenai this week that got canceled. Then they had their buy. So they're, they're off for two weeks before yeah. they get to play again. And they're like, man, why couldn't we have just gotten Kootenai out of the way early uh, and played Mullen St. Regis later in the year. Just one of those unfortunate things.
1: Yeah. One of those deals that you really don't have much control over and, with the low numbers and everything else. I know Kootenai's trying their best to keep that program moving in the right direction, but, you know, sometimes it's just out of your control, but yeah. I mean, that's the life of playing 1A D2 football sometimes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's right. 2A um, football, I think, uh, remains unchanged. It comes down to St. Mary's in Grangeville next Friday, October 6th. That game will be in St. Mary's uh, when you start looking at, one team gets in automatically others can compete for at-large bids i don't know it'll it'll be tough for a second team to get in because each yeah. each team is taking it on the chin a little bit in non-conference play although we did see last year the league got two teams in right kellogg yeah. and st mary's both got in so nothing's uh, impossible there uh 3a football this week ryan we've got I mean, it's, it's, this is the game to me that yeah. not just, not just in North Idaho, but this is the game statewide. I think that people want to see it's a game you're going to be at with Lance Taylor on IdahoSports.com Friday night, seven o'clock Timberlake hosting sugar Salem in a non-conference battle.
1: Yeah. And so. I mean, you talk about, cause Timberlake they're locked to a single game that like dictates their season as far as, you know, necessarily getting to host a playoff game that first weekend. But, um, you know, you look at what they've done. They're 4-2 overall. They've played a pretty difficult schedule. They've played up a ton um, as far as classifications go. Um, they're coming to this game against a juggernaut Sugar Salem team, the team that's only giving up 6.8 points per game. I mean, good grief. Come on. You know, you're only giving up a touchdown per game. I think they average like 48. So – um, this is an offense. This is a team offensively that can just light up the scoreboard. But you look at Timberlake and what they're able to do. I mean, the the, the three headed rushing attack that they've got. at uh, quarterback is going to be solid as well. Um, so it's it's going to be really interesting to see if, if they can defensively clamp down and slow down Sugar's r- rushing attack um uh, limit uh, maybe a couple possessions but they're gonna have to capitalize when they get the ball they're gonna have to be able to get drives put together if they have something stall out it can't be three and out it's gonna have to go a couple first downs before they're either punting the ball away or uh, turning it over on downs or you know attempting a field goal or something of that nature but they're gonna have to put together some drives in order to limit sugars touches because you know Sugar's going to get those tds but um you know, I look at it being a competitive game. I think at halftime, realistically, it's going to be a really close game. It could be one possession game at the half. Um, I think if it's going to be Sugar, they're going to pull away late. If it's Timberlake, they're going to sneak it on maybe the last possession or two.
0: Yeah, Sugar Salem averages 277 yards rushing Oof. per game, which is, I mean, Timberlake's right up there too. Uh, yeah. And then defensively, uh as well, very stingy defensively. Um, they are allowing only—I uh, think it's like ten points per game or something like that. It's—it's it's crazy. They've already it's had under 15.
1: ten. It's under seven. Like okay. last I looked, I think it was six point eight was what it was. So
0: there you go. Um, and they've—they've they've had fifteen sacks this year in yeah. like five games. That's the—that's like three a night. So uh, you know, those, looking at those old at, linemen, bring your lunch pail.
1: Yeah, some of the scheduling is. Mm, but at the same time, they've been taking care of business. They've been taking teams to the woodshed like they're supposed to. So um I look at Sugar and I'm not gonna slight them. They're the favorite, they're the defending state champs. Like, let's all bets aside, like Sugar's a really, really good team. It's gonna take Timberlake's like uncommon, like great effort Friday night to come away with a victory in this one. And I think that if you can keep it close, that's gonna be a really good indicator of how the end of the season's gonna go. Um, I look at hopefully both these teams come out of this game healthy, too. That's the big one. I think that's in a non-conference this late in the year. You don't want to go up and make a, you know, 11 hour trip and lose one of your best players or, you know, you don't want to host the number one team in the state and lose somebody. So, um, yeah, we're just hoping both teams stay healthy, but looking for looking forward to a great football game Friday night.
0: Yeah, um when you look at um winning percentage of the opponents that Sugar has played this year. I'm doing some math on the fly here. Seven, nine, ten, fourteen, three, six, eight and fourteen. Yeah, I uh, no wait, ten ten and fourteen sugar's opponents this year. Yeah. So they've they sprinkle in some good, you know, Templeton, California, they're pretty yeah. decent. Star Valley, Wyoming always winning championships over in Wyoming but that's Wyoming football. Um Shelly Shelly's good. Um Century Marsh Valley not so much but
1: Yeah. We'll see. You know so it's it's going to be interesting Timberlake you know the way they scheduled the, you know there's only so much you can do and in, in 3A football in North Idaho you're going to play a smattering of Washington schools and you know maybe a Montana school and you know some of the 4A's but um, you know, they still have a game against Lakeland coming up later in the year, too. And that's a, you know, in-school in, dish, in school district rivalry. Um, not obviously it's the same classification, but um, there's still a lot to play for for both these teams. You know, they, it, it's, it's a meaningful game, but it's also meaningless at the same time. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a, just looking forward to a great game Friday night. And I'm excited to be on the call with Lance.
0: Yep. And then 5A, 4A inland Empire League. We've got one more week of these cross pollination matchups where, you know, Sandpoint's playing it's Lake like City. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sandpoint's in Lakeland. Uh, we will have Moscow at Lewiston on idahosports.com. Uh, Lewiston, I think, favorite coming in, but I think this game could be closer than people think.
1: So Lewiston's real. I mean, They're Sandpoint, reeling. what? Yeah. I mean, I, I was just look at that game and it's like Sandpoint, you know, Beat Lewiston fairly convincingly in that in that one, and you know it's like where's that Sandpoint team been? And so I think it took a little bit of a shakeup. You know, Homedale we saw beat them what was it two years ago, and then Sandpoint goes on that run to where they made it all the way to the state championship game. Uh You know, you look at this one; they took it on the chin to to, to Homedale again uh, last weekend. They come back and they beat Lewiston. They've got you know Sandpoint's playing Lake City this weekend. Lewiston. I mean, if they're going to have any hope of being in the playoffs, they've they have to basically win the IEL at this point in order to make it in. I mean, Hottinger is a great QB. He's got some some studs around it, but they're going to have to get a complete effort out of that receiving crew and out of that offensive line. I mean, defensively, they've been pretty porous, and that's I think where you've been seeing some of these uh, question, you know question mark scores and you kind of scratch your head a little bit.
0: Yeah, Lewiston's two wins came against Clarkston. Which is what's what's the size disparity there?
1: They are a little bit smaller than Lakeland, so
0: yeah. yeah. Okay, and and Pendleton, the Buckaroos, which is way smaller than Lewiston, yeah. so
1: yeah, they're about the same size. So yeah,
0: I I don't know. We'll see. I, I'll Clark's be very I
1: should say. so. Yeah.
0: Yes, I'll be very interested to see how Lewiston does uh, and and how Moscow does because Moscow, I think, is obviously. Playing much they're, better than they're playing they were better. I mean,
1: else. they played Lake City pretty tough for the first half last week until Lake City pulled away late. Um, You know the athletes, I think, got them. But I think the intriguing matchups mm-hmm. too this weekend. I mean, you got a great one, Mount Spokane playing at Post Falls is going to be a phenomenal football game. That is going to yeah. be that's the one on the calendar. If you're wanting to go to a game this weekend, that game's at Post Falls. That is the one I think you you pay the the admission to go see that one in person. Um, if you're not going to head up to Timberlake, <laughs> um, Coeur d'Alene playing at Union in Vancouver is going to be a great game too. Uh, Lakeland against their bye week. I look at that one and um, that's going to be an interesting matchup. Lakeland's got to get healthy, man. If they're going to have a stretch run in the IEL and the 4A, they've got to get healthy this week and they've got to fix some things. Um, so it should be interesting, I think, to seeing that team. Um, and who shows up, you know, in their next game, they're going to be playing Sandpoint. So that's a – and that's next week. So that's going to be an interesting next couple of weeks up here in North Idaho. You're getting into IEL play in the four A's and five A's, and there's going to be some black and blue games.
0: Definitely. And uh, we should mention quickly uh, the IHSA meeting that was held yesterday in Pocatello. There were a ton of single sport petitions for schools that want to move up or down. In North Idaho specifically, Moscow gets approved to drop down to class 4A next year. Or, uh, yeah, Class yeah. 4A. They'll
1: be with um, Bonner's Ferry and Timberlake, yeah.
0: Which I don't think they're thrilled about. But, hey, Timberlake just beat Moscow by 10. So, let do it again next I year. I mean, it's kind – of
1: Wood River was doing the same thing. And, you know, Caldwell's been kind of teetering that line as well. So, you know, it's not uncommon to see that. I called it last year. I thought that they would have done it this year, but they didn't. Um, you know, I competitively, I see it as a, as a logical move for the bears, but and, you know, the way they're getting better too, I don't know if they need to necessarily, but that's just my, my two cents
0: could be a brief sojourn. And then, um, at the five, a level post falls petitioned down to uh five, a in both boys and girls soccer and got the green light. So next year you are going to have Ooh. in soccer specifically Ryan, uh, at six, a quarter in Lake city. And that's, that's it. it. You and know. then you will have uh, a five-team conference in District Four, or or, uh, or for Class Five A. District Two, yeah, and for, and yeah with, with Sandpoint, Lakeland, Moscow, Lewiston, and Post Falls. Hey, can that league get more than just one bid to state?
1: I believe it would.
0: <laughs> I mean,
1: but I mean, is it, is anybody getting by Sandpoint? So, I mean, right. Petition right. down all you want. You still got Sam Point and Moscow sitting there. So, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of a moot point, but yeah.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that all shakes out. I painstakingly went through every sport, every division, and showed what the new divisions will look like on each sport. Also, all the schools that were denied or approved petitions, <sighs> it's all on the homepage sports.com Please don't we go. Have please, like please. that's what I just thought. <laughs> please, please go read it. I spent yes. so much time it's on great. it, and I won't get paid this month unless a lot of people don't <laughs> read it.
1: Get some, get Brandon some clicks. Let's go. You can do it. Head on over, IdahoSports.com, right up there in that search bar up there, and then it's right on the home page. Go there. Yeah. Yes. No, it's a great article, and you know, but it, it leaves the question to me: of Why couldn't we push for a football-only classification system? But I I
0: yeah. think it's coming. We get you know you know how it goes. Everything's very slow and gradual and baby steps. But I do see a path where one day we do get to football only classifications and then we get rid of this nonsense. Get rid just, of the re-
1: promotion relegation system. No classifications. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that would be interesting.
1: That would get um, ugly really fast. But yeah, <laughs> I'd say that jokingly because would Wood River just keeps
0: moving life. down until they're playing eight man.
1: That's right. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Although, you know what? They did that (laughs) during COVID. They, because uh i know this isn't magic valley but um wood river and carrie are in the same school district and they they had by far the strictest school district during the pandemic of like mm-hmm. you can't play anybody uh covid super spreader and so they finally were like well do you guys just want to play each other like <laughs> we can't go <laughs> travel anywhere um but you're talking about a 4a versus a 1a d2 so they came up with okay well when wood river has the ball We'll run, we'll play 11-man football. When Kerry has the ball, we'll play eight-man football. Kerry won like 45 to nothing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just say It doesn't
1: surprise me. Yeah, it wouldn't bode well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, anyway, we'll, we'll see some relegation. We'll see teams. I don't want to poke fun at any in-particular no. team, but yeah. That's...
0: And I I only said Wood River because they were the first team to actually do it. (laughs) That's the the only example I have right now. There's probably
1: very few Wood River people listening to this prep cast anyway. So, you know, they're in their ivory towers and Haley and Bellevue. Oh
0: man. Now you're really coming. (laughs) All right. All right. All right. Let's pump the brakes here. Uh,
1: I say that jokingly. Good grief. But yeah. Yes.
0: Uh, Three great football games for you this Friday. Kendrick. Versus Butte County should be 3.30. Double check that on idahosports.com. And then North Idaho game night, Sugar Salem at Timberlake at 7 o'clock. And Moscow at Lewiston at 7 o'clock as well. Enjoy the competitions this weekend, everybody. For Ryan gags I'm Brandon Bainey. And we'll see you next time on idahosports.com.